Hi, podcast listeners. Before we dive into the show, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, The Wallflower Box. The Wallflower Box is a self-care box designed specifically for introverts. It shows up on your doorstep once a month, and you receive 79 high-quality self-care items, including an introvert-related book or a luxe journal, along with a mix of wellness-inspired items to help you live a happier and healthier quiet life. Sign up for The Wallflower Box at thewallflowerbox.com forward slash podcast and use the code love fall for 15% off plus an extra gift in your first box. Again, that's the wallflowerbox.com forward slash podcast. When you use this link, you help support our show. Welcome to the introvert dear podcast, the show devoted to helping introverts live more peaceful, meaningful lives. We are here to remind you that you don't have to be an extrovert to be happy. Now, here are your hosts, Jen Graneman and Bo Miller. Are you an introvert who's always been drawn to the visual arts? Maybe you've even dreamed of working as an artist, but wondered whether or not you could make ends meet and how to get started. On today's show, we're talking to introvert artist Debbie Tung about what life as a full-time cartoonist is like. We'll chat about inspiration, habits and practices, opportunities and challenges, expectations, and more. Deborah Debbie Tung is a cartoonist and illustrator from Birmingham, England. Her comics are based on simple and sometimes awkward everyday life moments and her love for books and tea. She runs a Tumblr blog called Where's My Bubble, where she first started sharing her comics. She also previously worked full-time as a software developer, an experience that eventually inspired many of her illustrations. She lives with her husband and works from home in her quiet little studio. Her first book, Quiet Girl in a Noisy World, was published in November 2017. Her upcoming book, Book Love, will be out January 1st, 2019. Debbie, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So Debbie, how did you find out that you were an introvert and did that knowledge change your life? Yes, well, I think I always knew I was a quiet and reserved sort of person. Like as a kid, I noticed I wasn't as social and gregarious as my friends. But how I officially found and accepted the introvert label was when I was working in my first proper job as a fresh graduate. Um, So I was a programmer for the software company and they had an open office environment. I was constantly surrounded by people and there was the marketing team set opposite from me making cold calls every second oh that's my nightmare yeah it is total nightmare and besides that there was the usual office social obligations where you have to make small talk and engaged in conversation about what you did over the weekend Mm. and and after that I think it was the monotony of office life that started to get to me and the work stopped feeling meaningful. And I think that's when it started to get like, it became difficult to wake up in the morning to go to work because I just wasn't excited and I felt like something was missing. So um, yeah, after that, I began reading lots of books and articles about introversion and quiet temperament. And I should mention that Introvert Deer was one of the sites that really um, contributed to that to that moment oh, I found out that great. yeah I, I I really enjoyed reading all the articles on on that um, introvert year 
and I found out that I was an INFJ through the Myers-Briggs test. And basically every description about that personality type fitted me perfectly. Um, so it was, yeah, it was a, re- a revelation. And I had the idea of combining my life experience as an introvert within my drawings. And it just helped me to embrace all the things that I felt were weird about myself because I was suddenly able to turn it into art and just um, share it with the world. That is so cool. So more specifically talking about your cartooning, what made you want to become an artist and a cartoonist in particular? Was there something in your introverted nature that drew you to that medium? Um, for me, cartooning, uh, drawing was something that I've done since I was a kid and I've always come back to art again and again, even though I had that background in computer science. I I think what was missing was the creative aspect of the work that I had to do. It, it The job didn't require me to be very creative. So I felt that it, that missing bit contributed to why I was feeling like it wasn't working. So, and I've also always loved writing, but I've never felt like my writing was strong enough on its own and likewise for my artwork. So the comics medium was the best way of combining the two things that I loved the most, which was writing and drawing. And it's, it's just got, it's got so much potential um, in like telling a story and a message in a very visual way And I think that comics um, makes it easier to express things that I wouldn't normally talk about openly in public. So somehow saying it in comics from gave me the freedom to do that, if that makes sense. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it was just, um, it's just something that I've been doing all the time. It's what makes me happy. It's kind of like what makes me feel like I'm doing something worthwhile. Yeah, that's really why I love doing um, comics, really. Oh, that's so great to hear. And I feel that way about my writing, too. When I first started my blog, it was a way for me to express things that I wouldn't say in public or even say to other people. I started out saying I was writing about being an introvert, living in an extrovert's world. And it was kind of like, my side of the story, (laughs) the Uh introvert side of the story. So yeah, I totally get that. Jen, did you feel like you lacked a creative outlet? Because I I can resonate with that, Debbie. I mean, that's one of the big reasons I've started doing my blogging and uh, podcasts and YouTube, just because it's a great way to encourage other people and also to be creative. Was that true for you too, Jen? Yeah, definitely. I was a journalist and then a teacher for many years. And although those were great positions in in many ways, it was definitely not creative. Um, Well, I mean, there was some creativity, but it it wasn't the kind of creativity that I craved. So yeah, I, I, I guess starting my blog was this way to get that inner creative side out into the world. What about you, Bo? Yeah, no, I, I think so for sure. Like I just, I mean, I'm, I'm a teacher now as well and it's supposed to be a creative job and it is, but there's a lot of, of uh, details to take care of a lot of tasks that yeah. need to be taken care of every day, a lot of grading. So when you're getting the stuff that has to get done, taken care of, it doesn't honestly leave too much time for creativity. And I, I don't know, I just feel like that's such a big part of me as an introvert. Uh, I felt 
inauthentic, not being creative and, and even doing it on the side was such a boost to my energy. Yeah, that's interesting that you say that. It was definitely a boost to my energy. Like I would teach all day and then come home and work on my blog for a few hours most nights. And some of my friends were surprised, like, how do you have the energy? You're basically working like one job and then another part-time job on the side. But it didn't feel draining. I mean, well, some parts of it were, were tiring. You just get tired sometimes. But it felt really energizing because it was actually something creative I was doing and I was using my insights and sharing that inner introvert world that so often didn't get shared with other people. So even though I'd worked a hard day, an exhausting day when you're a teacher, I still felt energized when I came home to sit and do that at my computer. It's amazing. I mean, you're still doing work, but the kind of work you do can make all the difference. And Debbie, just hearing you, Jen, talk about the insights you share, I think that's one of the coolest things about your artwork because you're sharing insights in a very witty, clever way through your artwork. Yeah, it's um, well, as I said, it was um, uh, it was it was the best way for me to actually be open about all the quirky, all the quirky side of being an introvert, and also all the anxiety that I've experienced in my life. Um, yeah, and it's funny what Jen was was just talking about, like coming home from work and then. Um, in a weird way doing more work it, it's not it wasn't I I did that some I did that as well when I was working uh, and it didn't really feel like work it felt like something that I had to do to make it through the day or to make the day just a little bit better yeah and I, I still remember the first comic that not, not really the first comic that I did but the first one that I've done after a long period of time working as a programmer it was actually a comic called life of a software developer and i've never shared it online oh um, interesting and I, I hope you do someday yeah i want to see it now <laughs> I, I, I haven't found the guts to share it because i'm uh, looking back at it now the drawing is the drawing is so different um but it but it reminds me of how much i was um i was yearning to go back to this to doing something like mm. this, you know, it's just, it's funny. Yeah. I certainly get that feeling of feeling a little embarrassed about your work. I'll be honest. <laughs> I actually deleted some of my early posts on introvert deer oh, no. like a year or two into it. Cause I was just like, I can't have this out in the world. <laughs> yep. I did that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like everyone does that at some point. <laughs> oh. So Debbie, we all have to start from somewhere. When you were starting out with your drawings, what did you envision for yourself? And did it look anything like where you are today? A bit of yes and a bit of no. I, I think I always wanted to do a book or a graphic novel when I was a kid. Um, but I always had the idea that getting published was impossible. So I was always ready to try like self-publishing. I have a friend who has done it before and she told me that that is the next best thing to do you know if you can't get your work published um, and that was when I was just starting out so the position that I am right now having published a book especially on a topic that I feel so strongly about is like a massive is just a dream come true for me and I also didn't expect to have the audience and support that I do have now from like social media and other introvert cartoonists. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's sort of taken 
the path where I think I wanted it to go, but it's it's even be- it's even better than that because um, of the the audience and the readers that that I do have. I, I don't think I could have come this far without um, having that support, which is something that. I didn't realize when I was starting out, I didn't, you know, when you're starting out, you don't have any followers, you don't have any loyal supporters and, and stuff like that. But I, th- I, I think that's really important because um, it's what spurred me on to keep coming up with new ideas every week. Um, yeah. How long have you been at it now, Debbie? Uh, let's see. The book came out last year, so I think it was early 2016 or late 2015 that I started kind of working on comics. Um, I didn't start the blog. My Tumblr blog was the first thing that I started, but I didn't start posting the introversion comics right away. Um it took me a while to actually be brave enough to put it out there on the internet. But yeah, I think it was 20, 2016 when I got the first book deal. So it was a, about a year before that when I actually started putting stuff on the blog. I love that idea that you just started with something and, and maybe uh not what you wanted to do or what you ended up doing, but you got your work out there and then built up the courage to do that. I mean, that's been my experience. I don't know about you, Jen. Did you ever start with something else or did you know? I mean, your blog was for introverts from the beginning, right? Yeah, but I never envisioned myself doing this. I actually wanted to write and publish the great American novel. Uh, (laughs) I was, you know, I was like taking all these like high literature classes and and trying to wrestle with these like deep, dark themes about humanity and things like that, (laughs) Uh, which is great. And maybe someday I will, but um, I don't know. It just, um, the blog became a way to just start getting something out there that I cared about and I didn't expect it to go in this direction, but I'm so happy it did. Yeah, that's cool. And I think that speaks to the idea that if you want to be an artist or a cartoonist, you have to draw. And if you want to be a writer, you have to write. So just that taking action is awesome. And Debbie, that makes me wonder, is cartooning and art in general a good career for an introvert? And if so, why would you say so? Um, I'm not sure if I would call it a good career, especially if you're like self-employed, mainly because... um, it's not the most stable situation to be in. Uh, like until now, I don't, I wouldn't say that my situation is extremely stable. It's nowhere near as um, secure as having a full-time job and getting a monthly paycheck. And it, but it just, um, cartooning is what makes me happy. And it's what gets me out of bed in the morning um, and I love the prospect of creating visuals to go with words and putting ideas on paper. I just think that introverts have all these thoughts and emotions all the time. And we need, you know, as we were saying before, an outlet to put everything on, everything that goes in our heads. We just need to kind of like throw it out there. It helps put things into perspective and it makes work so much more meaningful when we are emotionally connected to it. So I think that's why, that's why I chose to do this 
um, it's the connection that I get when I'm producing um, the artwork. And I think it's good for like, I don't know, men my, my mental health in general. It's, you know, it's not, it's not the most stable career, but it's, it's what keeps me going. Ken Davis talks about that. He's a comedian, if you haven't heard him before, but he, he talks about like when you're a kid, you jump out of bed and you could just feel the carpet between your toes. Like there's this excitement for the day. But as you go on, sometimes as you become an adult, like the day in and day out grind of life just wears the joy out of life. But mm -hmm. I, I love that you're doing something that, that you get excited to get out of bed to do that brings you to life. I mean, what's it been like? Has the opportunity cost of maybe more stability been worth it to do something that you love? Yeah, I think definitely it's um, it's definitely been worth taking that I don't know leap of faith. Uh, I would call it because um, it's it's helped me in in more ways than just being able to do cartooning. It's helped me to not be so afraid of the unknown in a weird way, like taking it step by step and just saying, okay, I've got a good project that will last me for this stretch of time. I don't know what I'm going to be doing next year, but I'll have to figure that out as I go. And it's, it's, um, it, it's been a good learning process. And I think it, it's helped me develop as like an adult as well, like managing my time and my finances and, and, and everything that comes with it. Um, yeah. It's definitely been worth um, taking that step. So Debbie, as artists and creative people and as introverts in general, we need to keep ourselves filled up. So what are some important practices you do every day to maximize your energy and creativity? I like to plan things in advance. I think that's the one thing that I do um, for, especially for big and long-term projects. I tend to draw up a timetable or a calendar and then set out like how many targets I need to meet by the end of the week, like how many pages I need to draw and how many of them needs to get inked and lettered on Photoshop. Um, and even if the results at the end of the day are not great, like the ideas or the drawing is unsatisfactory, I still think it's important to just do it and produce work consistently. Um, it's about like maintaining a good workflow I think that's that's really important and also for me anyway like solitude is an as important aspect for me to do anything creative like I just need a space where it's just me and my work so that I can completely immerse myself into it like if my husband was in the same room as me and I've told him off a few times before that <laughs> I'm trying to get work done and you're sitting there. You're not talking to me, but I don't really like you being in the room. So <laughs> I think, I think, yeah, being alone. Um, or, but actually it's weird in a cafe. I'm, I'm sort of okay. So I think I need to be in a space where I don't personally know anybody hmm. um, to, to, to get it going. But yeah, just being in the zone is really important for any creative work. Yeah, I feel like removing the outside pressure of other people is really important for me whenever I'm trying to do something creative. And you're right, even if somebody is sitting there, but not necessarily interacting with you, but it's somebody 
you know who might jump in and interrupt you or be looking over your shoulder or something that adds just another layer of stimulation. And I feel like I just need my brain to mostly be, I I just need to remove as much stimulation as possible Mm -hmm. so that I can kind of zero in and be creative. So where do you go to do that, Jen? Oh, good question. Uh, <laughs> I don't have a great place, honestly. Uh, because yeah, I your share... cats are always interrupting you, right? My cats are always interrupting me. <laughs> no, I kid you not. Like I worked from home last Friday and I was just about ready to pull my hair out by 10 o'clock in the morning because my cats were like meowing and wanting food. <laughs> or just how much like a pet meowing at you can just disrupt your workflow. It's it's silly, but it's it's real. Uh, so yeah, I, I do try to work from home. Sometimes I try to kick out my partner, Andre, who is also an introvert who lives with me so that I can have a space to myself. Uh, I, I try to return this favor for him too. But like you said, Debbie, a lot of times I will go to a coffee shop. Uh, sometimes I go to a co-working space. And yeah, it's some, there's something about being anonymous in a space, but yeah. people are around you because you know they're not necessarily like watching you or going to interrupt you. So it's, it's it's kind of funny how that works. Yeah, and I think in the cafe as well, you get um, you get lots of people that are doing their own thing, you know, behind the laptop or writing as well. Right, and it makes you feel like okay, you know, we're all here working on something and not talking to each other. So it's nice to be like a part of that. Yeah, exactly. Like if I, uh, you know, let's say like went to a bar or something and was trying to. Right. It would be hard because the people around me are socializing and, you know, kind of just not in that same headspace. But when you get in a place where there are other people who are focused and working, it kind of like, I don't know, puts puts a little pressure on you to like, okay, Mm -hmm. I can't just give up. I can't just like sit here and do nothing. I have to actually (laughs) focus and get something done. It's that, I don't know, that kind of subtle pressure. These people you, that Bo? I these people that I don't know are depending on me to get this done. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. It's silly, but it works. Yeah, no, it's so true. I was just thinking about them like, why is that? That's social dynamic. It's true though. Yeah, for me, um, I often work in my office, my office right next to the laundry room here in our house. <laughs> uh, but, luxurious. Oh, it's so luxurious. It's good though. I mean, most of the time I can just shut the door and um focus, which wasn't the case when we were at our apartment before we moved to this house. So that's, that's been so nice. Um, from time to time, my two, almost three-year-old will pop in the room. So I'm trying to be flexible too with that because before I would get upset, but I realized that relationship is more important. So I'm learning to be flexible and welcome that, although it's sometimes frustrating because you know it'll take like 20, 30 minutes to get in the flow sometimes and yeah. you're there with a thought and then it pops. But you know sometimes that introduces another idea to what I'm working on. So right. yeah, most of the time it's the office, but I do go to the coffee shop as, as well because I'm lured in by the coffee and the uh, accountability of all those other people I don't know depending on me. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how that works. <laughs> but it sounds like you could also just multitask and get some laundry done at home at the same time. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a really good <laughs> feeling so when funny. when the washing machine is working so hard beside you. Like, you know, I shouldn't let that thing work by itself alone. I need to work too. <laughs> goodness. Um, So speaking of self-care, before we jump into our next question, I want to talk about something Bo and I received recently in the mail. It's the Wallflower Box, which you heard about at the beginning of this episode. It's a monthly self-care box designed just for introverts. 
I was super excited to get this. It's actually sitting right next to me right now. I'm looking at it right now. It's a beautiful box and in it, there are all kinds of introvert goodies. So I got a chakra necklace, a luxurious facial cleanser and bath milk, plus tea, a candle and stress relief dough. And every month it comes with an introvert related book. And I was honored to see that last month's book was my own, The Secret Lives of Introverts. And, but the books, the book changed every month. Uh, Bo, you got a box too. What was in your box? First of all, I have to say, how cool to get a box with your own book in it. That's like the coolest thing. I know, right? I was like, wow. (laughs) That's almost as good as writing the great American novel. So that's awesome. (laughs) Uh, I've finally arrived. (laughs) I got one of my favorite introvert books, actually. It was so cool because I lent this copy to my mother-in-law. So I got the introvert advantage, which was awesome to see. I also got... Oh, I love uh, that book. Oh, it's awesome. Um, Hops and Blossoms. Uh, bath salt, rose cream for your skin, essential oils, some tea, and a music download, and some of the other things that you mentioned as well. So some really cool stuff in the box. And um, what I wasn't enjoying or applying immediately, my wife was fighting me for, my introvert wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like the box is a little more geared toward women, uh, but you know, not, not necessarily. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of kind of nice feminine things in there that an introverted woman would enjoy. Definitely. So, but if somebody wanted to purchase this box, what could they do? They could just go to the wallflowerbox.com forward slash podcast. And again, make sure to enter that code lovefall, one word, and you'll get 15% off plus an extra gift for your first box. So definitely a cool offer to take advantage of. Well, Debbie, getting back to our conversation uh, about cartooning and your life, where do you get your ideas from? Everyday life, really. Um, That's, um, yeah, I would say the main theme of my comics are like slice of life um, sort of style. And it, it comes from what I go through every day. I mean, I could be experiencing an awkward moment um, in a conversation. And then I realized that hang on, I could turn this into a comic or I could be observing someone while, you know, sitting in a public place and then an idea would come to me based on what I've seen. Um, And I think reading a lot helps keep the creative juices flowing as well. When I find that I've hit a brick wall, I just pick up a book and read and there will always be something in between the pages that will spark an idea. So yeah, that's basically it. It's not. It's not a lot of um, um, what? What should I say? Like, it's not a lot of fancy things that that come into play with my work. It's really just day to day stuff. Mm. I think that's what I like most about it, though. Like some of the ideas you share, like oh, someone else is thinking that. That's. <laughs> it's just nice to know that I'm not the only introvert who has thought through or experienced some of the things you mentioned. Yeah. And that's what, uh, that was the amazing thing that I felt when I first started sharing my work, that, that there were there that many people out there who like felt the same things. I always thought that like an example would be when I was saying goodbye to a friend and I was wondering, Oh my God, should I, should I give her a hug? Or should I not? Or should I just wave? <laughs> uh, and I was overthinking. I gave her a hug. And then when I left, I was overthinking it. I was like, does that mean we have to hug 
every time from now on? <laughs> is, it, is it when we meet each other or is it only when we say goodbye to each other? And I was just like, okay, just just draw this and it, I'll feel better about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's, a, that's an example of how the ideas come from. And it's a beautiful thing that you can take an awkward moment and then turn it into something that, you know, a lot of people can enjoy. I mean, way to redeem a moment that could just be awkward, but awesome in the end. Yeah, definitely. It's helped in, in ever since I started. This is how I've been redeeming myself, as you said, and channeling all those awkward moments onto paper just so I feel that little bit less awkward. So, Debbie, what are the biggest challenges of the work you do? Um, in cartooning, I would say that it's sharing my work with the world and seeing how everyone um, perceives it. Because, because my comics are so personal, not everyone will relate to it. And um, that's perfectly okay. But I believe that as an artist, the moment you share your work online and it's out there for everyone to see, people are free to interpret it any way they want. You can't always expect them to see eye to eye with the original intentions behind your work. Um, and that's difficult because when when I do, when I write anything or draw anything, I don't want people to be offended by my work or or like be negatively um, impacted by what I've done so I always end up taking an editing eye on what I do I would work on something and be like oh that's a great idea and then afterwards I would look at it and be like but is this going to hurt someone is you know or is someone going to misunderstand it in a bad way Um, and but at the end of the day it's impossible to please everybody. So I've just tried to learn not to take things personally. Um, But for an introvert, that is like a challenge in itself, really. It's definitely a challenge in itself. And I feel like it's, it's kind of hard sometimes to walk the line between expressing something personal that Mm -hmm. you've experienced and felt and then having other people kind of take it and run with it, they might dissect it or uh, mm-hmm. kind of take a message away from it that you didn't intend. Yeah. So there's certainly been times where I've written something or shared something that was very personal to me that I thought was just kind of a personal reaction or personal experience that I was sharing. And then people uh, kind of took it in, in a different direction or they said like, well, but all introverts aren't supposed to be like this or, or, you know, they try to apply it to like all introverts and it's like, well, there, I have personal reactions too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, yeah exactly. I get that. I, I drew a com- I draw lots of comics about anxiety, but I think there was one or two in particular that uh, people started saying like, Oh, but this is not really an introvert thing. Like you're, tr- you're, popularizing the idea that anxiety is directly linked with introversion and it's hard to explain that that's not what I'm trying to do right my 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 comics are based on my experience and it just so happens that I have that anxiety Mm -hmm. and I feel that it ties in closely with my introversion um, but it's, it's hard. Like some, when it first started, I felt the need to explain myself, but eventually I'm like, you know, it, it doesn't matter. 
if if that's what they want to take away from it, then there's nothing I can do about it, really. Yeah, that's such a, a healthy point to arrive at, but not one that's easy to get to for sure. So taking this a step yeah. further, um, could you tell us about the parts of your job that you really enjoy? Maybe some of the things you already hinted at in, in a, a brief touch point, and then maybe some of the parts that you have to do that you could do without. Hmm. The parts that I love about my job would be uh, the creative aspect to it and being able to share my experience in my work. I really love that people can connect with what I do and that it has had a positive impact on your lives. Um, it means, yeah, it just means so much to me when readers tell me that my work has helped them embrace their introversion and that it's made them feel less alone and more more self-accepting on you know the things that they used to um, dislike about themselves I think that is definitely the part that I enjoy and um, the parts that I'm not so fond of is probably the marketing and publicity side of my work Um, I think that's the most difficult because I don't hate it, but it's not something that comes naturally to me. I, I don't have that, like, you know, flair and um, um, being able to kind of like be out there and talk confidently and openly about my work. So like when my book first came out um, last year, I was encouraged by my publisher to like contact relevant people and send advanced copies to them. And I think, Jen, you were one of them. Yeah. And I always felt like, oh, my God, every time I send an email, I'm just like, I'm I'm disturbing people, I'm bothering them. And it's just so awkward when you're trying to promote a book on introversion. <laughs> the irony is just there. And I, I was like, oh, it's a, it, it's a difficult part for me, um, but I'm working on it and I, I'm going to have to, keep working on it because um, as with any job, I feel like there will be parts of it that you don't like. This is the part for me and I'm hoping to get better at it. So speaking of cartooning, what are some misconceptions that people have about that field or cartooning as a career? From my experience, the term cartooning has had people thinking about Marvel and superhero comics so I think that's one of the um, misconceptions that people have and also I think someone had the idea that I was referring to animation like in Disney or something Um, and another thing is that people think cartoons are always funny and humorous Um, and I guess it depends on whether you know, that person is on social media a lot and reading, following all these things, you know, there, there's always a group of friends that share um, different types of cartoons. So I guess that influences a lot of um, what people think about cartoons, but my comics are always quite poignant and um, quite emotional sometimes And I know that there are a lot of cartoonists out there that have a similar theme in their work, but I still feel that that is not as mainstream as like the funny types of comics. Um, 
yeah, so it's it's slowly getting exposure, but um, it's not there yet. For the listener who's interested in art or cartooning or some kind of visual media, what are the first steps you would encourage an aspiring introverted artist to take? Um, just draw what you want to draw, really, and don't be too precious with your work. I think that's a mistake that I made myself when I was starting out. Um, it's also important not to take something personally. If someone says that your work is not good enough or that it doesn't make sense, I think what's important is that your art means something to you and that will often show through and people there will be people out there who will see that and you know when you're ready when you've developed the body of work and you're ready to share it online um, try and stay active I found it helpful to stick to like a schedule that I could manage so posting a new comic every week was what I started out with and it was a good way to help me to keep practicing. And I think it helped me develop my style as well. You kind of feel what works best for the type of things you want to draw about. Um, I think definitely like just producing work on a regular basis is important for that. I, I think that's great advice. Jen, is that kind of how you started out? Yeah. Just trying to get something out there and produce something regularly and sticking to a deadline, like I'm going to publish one post every week. Actually, I started out saying, I'm going to post, do one post every month. And it became one post every two weeks <laughs> and then one post every week and then on and on. Um, yeah. So, so kind of putting that deadline on yourself forces you, maybe even when you're not feeling particularly inspired or creative, but it forces you to sit down and actually get it done. That's what I just heard from INF Joe. I'm not sure if you guys have seen any of his artwork, but um, oh yeah, I love him. He's yeah, he's got some great thoughts too, and he just pointed that out. While you know, cartooning, for example, is a creative endeavor, and it's definitely led by inspiration, especially some of the best work. Ultimately, you just have to commit to showing up consistently, and it's through that commitment that you get better. Yeah, absolutely. So, Debbie, was there anyone or any moment in particular that was inspiring or helpful to you in your journey toward becoming a professional artist? I don't know if I call myself a professional artist at this stage. Oh, you're a professional so artist. I, We're calling you that. <laughs> You've been I just labeled. Feel like there's You've been labeled. So many, yeah, there's a lot of work out there, and it, it's it's a, so many amazing work out there. I just feel like mine is um, it's not at that level, but I I, I appreciate the um, um, you thinking that I'm a professional artist. But yes, anyway, I um, the. The artist that I think really inspired me in particular was uh, Guy Dilou. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his surname right, but he is a Canadian cartoonist who did the graphic novel Pyongyang. Um, and yeah, I think when I read that book, I just felt like it, there was a way to tell personal stories, but with a witty twist to it. And I just felt like he always had a way of explaining a scene or something that is happening. Um, and it, it would be a serious scene, but he would kind of like tell it in a very casual and uplifting way. I think that was what I really enjoyed about his work. And I also loved um, Marjan Satrapi, the author of Persepolis, 
which is an autobiography of her childhood in Iran. Um, and I also liked Jillian Tamaki as well is really good. I think she's like amazing in putting visuals and words together and um, like telling a story and, and keeping the pace the way you want it. So if it's like a slow pace, she's got a way of extending the visuals and putting the words in and just making the reader kind of like, it's as if you're reading a novel, but it's all told visually. So I think that was really good. And yeah, these are just a few that's really helped me influence my work really. What's the most important thing our listener should take away from today's show in your opinion? Hmm, If anything, I hope today's show can inspire people to pursue what they love. I think it made a huge positive change in my life when I decided to um, make that jump and leave my office job. And I think it's also important to keep an open mind, like, because these things can't happen overnight. And it's okay to do what you have to do to make it work and find that balance. Like when I started my blog and um, comics, I, I was still working as a programmer, but on a contract basis. And I did that for about a year, actually. Um, and it, it just helped give me a bit more flexibility because I was able to do projects at home. And I would take like a few hours to do that. And then in the afternoon, I would work on my comics as well. Um, and I'm still prepared to do that you know, if necessary, you, you, you got to do what you have to do to make it work. Um, yeah. So I think that's really important is to keep an open mind that nothing would just go through. Well, it, it wouldn't happen as smoothly as you want it to be. And that's okay. It's a process. Um, and I'm still in that process myself. So, you know, you just got to keep going. Getting even more specific, we like to challenge listeners to act on the themes that we talk about in the show. What's one thing our listener could try within the next two weeks? I think definitely practice a bit of self-love. That's something that I am trying to do for myself lately. Um, You know, just take time off without feeling guilty and do what you want to do at that time without apologizing for it. Um, if you're if you're an aspiring artist, then draw something every day, even if it's a 10 minute doodle. You know, I always feel better at the end of the day when I draw something, even if it's like something on a post-it note that I feel it doesn't it doesn't look great. You know, it's just a doodle, but just getting it out of your system. It's um, I think it's a good practice. On a personal note, what's the best book that you've read recently? Right. I've been reading a lot of graphic novels lately, but the one that stands out for me is um, The Best We Could Do by T. Bui. Um, it's a memoir of the author's family's journey in Vietnam during the war in 1970s, I think. Uh, yeah, it's a wonderful emotional story and it's also beautifully illustrated. And uh, yeah, it's really, um, it's, I, I really enjoyed that one. And it's some, it's one of those books where like when I finished it, I just had to tell everyone else about it. Finally, Debbie, how can our listener learn more about you and what you do? 
uh, the best way would be to find my details on my website, which is debbytung.com. But I'm more active on my social media channels. So like Tumblr, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And you can find me there using my username, Where's My Bubble? And you can also check out my book, yeah, Quiet Girl in a Noisy World, which is available um, wherever books are sold. And my next book as well, which will be coming out next year in January, which is called Book Club. Debbie, thanks so much for being with us today. It's a pleasure talking with you and just hearing about your journey. Thank you so much, Bo and Jen. I had a lot of fun today. Thanks for listening to the Introvert Dear Podcast. Make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss out on future episodes. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. And remember, there's nothing wrong with being quiet and spending time alone.